0: Now I hear a vehicle backing up in the background. So we're going to have all kinds of realistic noises. Yeah. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah.
1: Just wait for the. I almost did. Never mind. <laughs> the train. Ryan Bingham.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. There goes another
1: train. That's not what he says. <laughs> that's not what
0: he says. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. Mm hmm. I don't know if these chairs were the best choice for
1: audio quality. Don't
0: wiggle. Don't wiggle. Welcome back, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, fellow overlanders and adventure seekers. This is another podcast and it only took us about a year to get it out.
1: Because they're just that good.
0: <laughs> We've been saving up for you. Yeah. No, seriously, though, like, it has been crazy. It is. It has been absolutely crazy since, well, ever since we, honestly, since we got back from Alaska the first time around. You know, we've been running and gunning this thing to keep it all going. Spent some time in, in New Mexico and actually went back to work for a bit. And well, that's where
1: we started our podcasts. So e- exactly. essentially when we moved back.
0: Yeah, and I never expected people to enjoy this
1: <laughs> well it's funny because uh, we had a guy at Rocky Mountain who um, don't me he's like "When are you gonna make more podcasts and I was like we have so many ideas it's just finding the time to get to do it and he's like well cuz I, I the work that he does is he's in the car a lot mm-hmm. traveling I don't remember what he said he did and he's yeah. like so really I can listen better than I can watch and I was like got it
0: yeah yeah well I mean it was crazy the, the reviews and stuff that were coming in on like Apple's podcast page and everything like it was really popular and I wanted to keep doing it's one of my most favorite things to make and I think it's mostly because I love sitting down and having a, a very pointed conversation with you about different topics on our adventures and the stuff that we use to go on our adventures and things like that and so yeah I've kind of I've kind of missed it no I've, I've really missed it actually so so hi so hi, welcome back.
1: <laughs> Thanks, you too.
0: Welcome back, everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: As you can tell, the uh, the fire pit is uh, crackling and popping down here. Yeah, but people us.
1: who are going to watch... Shh!
0: Well, just let the podcast people believe that. Everyone, <laughs> everybody up here on the cameras, just go with it.
1: Okay.
0: I was actually going to bring the fire pit Here's in here. Here's the
1: problem with filming this, though, because uh-huh. I just felt it for a second there. What if I need to yawn? Because listen, it's 9.30.
0: Oh, I know. Well, what am it, I
1: going to do if I need to yawn?
0: It's okay. I can I can edit. I have magical tools available. And I'll just cut away from you. Okay. You see this camera over here? What I'll do is I'll like. Just whoop, zoom in on
1: you. Zoom in on me. or then Let zoom me in
0: have on my you. yawn. and then, Yeah, because we shoot stuff in 4K now. You know, we actually have a good computer okay. and a good internet. And we can do all that.
1: Okay. More so,
0: more magic in, in our pockets. So but I can still yawn you can yawn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really concerned cuz I like felt it coming and I was like don't 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 do,
0: don't do, it. Don't no. do it.
1: People it's are totally watching okay. you too.
0: No, we're not performing. We're just hanging out. Okay. And uh like I said, I'm, I'm sorry that we haven't put out more of these. It's just a matter of, you know, we had to take a hard look at how much time we were spending on doing different things and what priority was and you know, we've been going um, over three years now, and it takes an incredible amount of time to do all this between traveling and filming and editing and maintenance and mods and...
1: Well, and just life, too. And,
0: and, and in the middle of that, you have to live life as well. And, I mean, I know you guys understand that, but, um, yeah, but it feels, it feels awesome to be back and to be doing this. Um, no promises on when the next one's going to come out. We just... <laughs> We'll just do it when we, we have time. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, you might hear just a little bit of an echo, and that is, I'll set the scene for you. We are actually in our uh, shop, and we've got the GX over here behind this camera, and we've got the Beast, which is yet to be revealed over here to my right. And then behind us is the Turtleback trailer, which... The auction just went live tonight yeah we uh we posted our walkthrough video and had a great premiere with everybody and turned the button on the auction live and in the course of about an hour and a half we hit a reserve price so it's gonna oh, sell
1: we've hit it we hit it yeah all right
0: so somebody <laughs> i know <laughs> somebody's gonna be going on with one incredible machine so really excited for that yeah um so, yeah, let's let's just give everybody a little bit of a catch-up on what we've done since New Mexico. Um, if you guys remember, we had, we had just to kind of reel back the clock a little bit, we had moved to New Mexico, and I went back to work while still doing all the YouTube stuff. And in the meantime, um, what did you do?
1: I went to cosmetology school. Yeah? And to get my cosmetology certificate and to finish up and at least get my associate's degree. Mm-hmm. So, we put Caroline in school, and I went and did that, and then the world blew up <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right when everything got sideways Life happened and uh i mean it was it was a crazy time for our family. I still do not know how we did everything that we were doing and not go insane i mean it was yeah,
1: i like I look back and I'm like. Not that I was necessarily busier, but I was definitely like on more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know how I did that.
0: Well, you were going to school from what, seven until seven?
1: Uh eight to seven. Eight to seven. Yep.
0: I was getting up at um I was getting up at four in the morning and going into work. And so I could get off in time to pick up Caroline, Caroline from, from school, school. Mm-hmm. bringing her home, feeding her dinner, and then jumping on the computer and, and editing videos. And then every Friday night, we would uh, sit down and record one of these podcasts. And, yeah,
1: or go camping.
0: <laughs> or go camping. and
1: yeah.
0: We'd stay up till midnight recording the podcast, and then I would stay up until 2 or 3 in the morning editing yeah. and uh, get a little bit of sleep in and then repeat the cycle after all that. So it... It was quite the quite the adventure and
1: luckily it was only for a little while. You you had to do right. that at least that schedule from August to November. Yeah. But then you were done yeah. and just at, at home doing LSO.
0: Yeah. Of course you all know that it was spawned by the subject we no longer speak of. Um <laughs> go watch season two if you need to know why we were there. Oh. And uh that situation is hopefully gonna be ironed out. Uh, sooner than later so it's been over two and a half years of us fighting through this with the uh, the lawsuit so we're hoping that that's gonna all wrap up yeah amicably and yeah. everybody can walk away happy right? Um, and so basically after I went to work long enough to you know get enough money to pay the lawyer <laughs> we started looking around at other things that we could do you finished up school and
1: so with covid stuff i couldn't finish completely finish school so i was supposed to have been done july of 2020 Mm -hmm. right but um i ended up having to go back because i had to complete a specific amount of hands-on hours that's right so i had to go there from august to october so you were then homeschooling caroline because she didn't want to go back to school Mm -hmm. and uh doing lso yeah, while I had to go back to school and finish that up.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: But then after that, finished, came home, mm-hmm. took over homeschooling. We did loads of traveling.
0: Yeah, lots of travels, lots of New Mexico stuff. Yeah. And then.
1: And then Christmas hit, and we were like, "We done New Mexico. You've been great."
0: <laughs> well, the big thing that got us was, you know, we we you did your Death Valley trip with the ladies, mm-hmm. and I did the Mojave road trip with. Uh, Caleb and his two daughters, and uh, my good friend Keith. And we met up after that and went through southern Utah. Don't and even we, yeah. remember why we decided to hit that. But I do. Okay. Because
1: we were on our way to Denver for Thanksgiving.
0: That's right. We were passing through and we had, what, seven days to just buzz through? Mm-hmm. So we told about southern Utah. And let me tell you guys, we've seen a lot of cool places, a lot of amazing places. Utah got me.
1: Well, and remember I had my girls my first girls trip that May. Oh, that June, mm-hmm. right? And so I got to see like down by um Hanksville and what is that? That's not Capitol Reef, is it?
0: I think it was. Yeah. The southern part of Capitol yeah, Reef. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, Island. Kevin,
1: it's beautiful. The red rock mm. and all this. Yeah. So I had my little flavor then. But then coming back through in November we were just, we were in Grand Staircase. Mm. We were just blown that, away. I mean, yeah. we
0: were we, we were in two separate rigs at the time because we had two separate trips leading up to it, and we were just on the radio like, "Oh, oh my, my gosh, just see that? Yeah, we go, go around, over there. Slow
1: down. <laughs> go around a
0: curve. Go over a hill. Go down in a canyon. I mean, it was just nonstop beauty." And diversity yeah. and crazy rock formations with, like, the hoodoos and the, the wild erosions that you get and all the different minerals and stuff embedded in the sides of the mountains. And just we were – it was a wonderland. And we were like, okay, we're going to have to figure out how to get up here mm-hmm. and, and really dig in. And so um, the big thing, though, is we needed a place to work on the rig. Because if yeah. you guys remember, like, we were in that double-wide – and I do appreciate our friends who rented it to us. I really, really do. It saved our bacon. But, yeah, it did. Yeah, there was there were rats living in the ductwork. I mean, there was bugs. It was well. That's
1: beside the point. The point was that we needed a garage. And, well,
0: I'm just setting yeah. the like. I'm explaining that it was not a good living situation, and so we began looking for some place to have a place to work on the rigs because we had a lot of things to get done on the GX that, um, have been hanging out for a while. And so we started searching for a place with a large enough garage to house, you know, all the ideas that we had coming up plus, you know, with the beast build and things like that and search for four months. Every day I was on Zillow. We were,
1: we were looking in Colorado, Mm -hmm. Arizona and Utah.
0: Yeah. And even Tennessee, like we, we hadn't ruled that
1: out. Oh, really? I didn't know we were shopping there. <laughs> I don't remember that conversation.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, these are all small details that people may not really care about.
1: Oh, but that's right. Because we were like, if COVID gets worse and all this bad stuff happens, we might want to go home.
0: Yeah, well, we knew we had lots of cows and garden space to grow food if it really came to it. So <laughs> yeah. we were considering all the options. But long story short, this thing, I was, I was literally sitting at my, at my desk and I had... Spent probably 30 minutes trying to find a place to rent. And Sarah walks in and goes, how's it going? And I was like, "Ah, there's just not a place with a big enough garage because, you know, the height is the problem with, you know, vehicles with rooftop tents. You need a tall garage. And so nothing was really connecting for us. And literally, as I said that, I clicked to the next place and boom, this spot pops up right in Utah with a massive two and a half car garage, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and a 40 by 40 shop, which is where we are sitting now. So I I kind of spoiled the story. You know, we ended up (laughs) (laughs) coming here, but we, we called the people and
1: it was five days before Christmas.
0: That's right. We called and they said, well, actually we're, we've been trying to rent it for a long time. I think we're just going to put it up for sale, but we'll, we'll check with the owners and see. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, we ended up Leasing this place for twelve months, and wow, what what a game changer it's been! I actually, have a place to to work on these rigs. You know, the house is
1: yeah, out of the weather. Yeah, and oh man,
0: it's it's been.
1: I can't imagine what it would have looked like for you, especially. If we had stayed in New Mexico to try and work on the vehicles and stuff. Well, There's I mean, no way we could have done it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was laying in the dirt and the gravel out there trying to get, get this stuff done. <laughs> laying
1: out the dead man or any cardboard mm-hmm. we could find. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or, or Bum and Mike's shop whenever he wasn't yeah. using it as well. So, yeah, it's been just, it's just been an awesome step up in, in the right direction for us to be able to have a place to work on the rigs in out of the weather. And the other big benefit was... We, for the past, what, five or six years, ever since we moved into the fifth pool camper, we've not been able to like have friends over or have family in the visit because we didn't have a place, you know, to put them. Right. And so this finally gave us that opportunity. So we've had family come out. We've had multiple YouTubers, Chris Shantz, Epic Family Road Trip, and most recently, um, Live, Work, Wonder. If you remember those guys, we met them up in Alaska and, uh, they've had quite the saga with, with their life as well. And, and we were in a position to give them a spot to work on, um, their rig, which has been under the knife for what, four and a half, five months now. Mm -hmm. Um, basically long story short, we're replacing the entire engine in their 70 series. Um, so it's been, it's been crazy, but it was a blessing for them to have a place to crash while they work through all of those problems as well and and
1: us having the space to have everybody here yeah yeah been so awesome
0: it's been so great and and Jessica and Jorge just you know salt of the earth people I've enjoyed the heck out of having them here you know most people people you have over to your house after about you know four (laughs) or five even even like you know close friends or family it's like okay it's time for you to move on but wow we've just gotten along so great. I mean, Jorge and I, we have a blast. We bounce ideas off of each other. He's, he's just a very, very talented person when it comes to videography and, Mm -hmm. and sound design and lighting and
1: and storytelling.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, we've really fed off of each other in that regard. So it's been, um, this place has been an an incredible blessing for us and and other people who've, who've come along. So I'm not sure what happens after this, but, uh, Right now we're in a sprint to get as much mechanical work done as possible before the end of the year when our lease runs out. So we'll figure it out as we get a little closer.
1: (laughs) 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 As we like to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're good at winging it. For sure. Mm. For sure. Yeah.
1: I've gotten way more comfortable with that now.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes it's almost more stressful to try and plan everything. Because when it doesn't work out, then you get
1: mm, yeah.
0: get so sideways. Yeah. So, but in more important news today, Caroline learned how to ride her bike without training wheels.
1: I know.
0: It was magical. And I know a lot of you guys are probably like, wait, how old is she? And she's not <laughs> been, well, remember we've been traveling, you know, and so she's not had the opportunity to have a concrete surface, <laughs> yeah, or,
1: yeah, at least a smooth concrete surface for sure. Right
0: to to actually, you know, get a feel for it. And so,
1: and when she was four, she had one really decent bike wreck, mm-hmm. and that like shook her for a couple years. So it really wasn't. Yeah. I feel like she was more like six, six and a half. And she tried riding a bike again, was like, no, I like scooters better. <laughs> <laughs> so we we just catered to that. We knew eventually she'd come around sure. to it. But the scooter was great because it, like, really taught her to be confident with her balance on something really small. Mm-hmm. But also, like, homegirl would go pretty fast on that thing. Oh, yeah. She was learning to jump with it. Mm-hmm. And
0: She's got some skills. Yeah. So I took her out um, yesterday because I've been so busy working in the shop and stuff i haven't gotten to spend as much time with her as what i'd wanted to and so i took her out to lunch and i was just sitting there looking at her and i go you know what let's go to walmart and get you a bike and she just <laughs> lit up like what really <laughs> That's cute. so we literally just walked into walmart and obviously it's okay sizes right you got to get a small enough one that has training wheels on it so we found kind of that range which is a little bit too small for our long-legged eight-year-old and she she had the option of like the frilly girly bike or like the subtle like dark colors and blue wheels and all this stuff yeah yeah she she went for that style Uh uh-huh i was pretty proud of her so brought her home she rode it one day the next morning
1: yeah, This, this morning, morning I she, get
0: up and she's like, dad, I want you to take the training wheels off. And I said, all right, right. that's probably a good thing. Cause you don't want to get used to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just explained to her, Hey, it's just like a scooter, but you're a little bit higher up and you're pedaling instead of pushing off the ground. And, uh, I mean, within 20 feet, she was, she had it. Yeah. She had it. It is so cool <laughs> to like watch that face light up of, Oh, oh there's a whole, I got this. a whole new skill. Yeah. So, that was really cool. That was really cool.
1: Yeah. She's super proud of herself, too. Yeah. She was out here every chance she had. Mom, can I have 10 break 10 minutes for a break? <laughs> <laughs> sure. You're
0: right. So, really really fun stuff. Um in other news, the GX is like 90% done now. We spent the past 4 or 5 days getting all the electrical finished up on it. So, we've got the Red Arc Red Vision system installed a ridiculous amount of light force lights um yeah she's she's ready to rock and roll now so i'm really excited to get get back out in in the gx and in the meantime been uh, pecking away at the beast over here we've got expo west coming up and we have two surprises so one we're going to reveal the beast at expo west and number two there's going to be something that goes with the beast and that's all i can say for right now but Really, really stinking excited to be adding that to our adventures. Yeah, for sure. Finally, after eight years. After eight years.
1: Oh, the beast? Yeah. Adding the beast to our adventures. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the surprise. Oh. Well, no, both both are, are a are like, a surprise. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Are we clear now?
1: Clear.
0: Crystal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to what we came here to do, and that is to answer our Q&A questions from the Patreon platform, and if we get to it, some from Instagram and Facebook as well. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Question number one is from Kevin Rigo. Trying to camp in solitude, how often, especially lately, do you come upon a site that is also occupied or have travelers come upon a site you're at and need to establish respected boundaries, we'll say? Do you often have plan A, B, C in terms of camp spots? Well, we did have this happen
1: in Alaska. In
0: Alaska, and I recorded it, and I I was going to share it, but like the whole segment just threw a negative vibe on the video, and so I I X'd it. I even cut it out of the extended patron version, I think. And uh, the answer to that is we're gonna, you know we're all going to be seeing more and more of this happen as, as everybody's getting outside with, you know, little to no other options at this point. And so it is going to be difficult to find that balance, but rule of thumb is you want to be out of eyesight and earshot of another camper. Yeah. And you know, not many people understand that and it can be, very disturbing, especially when they come in late at night. Like when we were in Alaska, these, mm-hmm. this family pulled up literally 10 yards away from our tent at eleven forty-five PM. Yeah. And come belling out of the truck, dogs barking, kids giggling. And I literally like climbed down the ladder of the tent and just hold up my hands. Like, what, what
1: are you doing? <laughs>
0: what are you doing? And the guy walks over and he's like, is um, it okay if we camp right here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't come all the way up to Alaska to camp right beside somebody. That's, little, that's
0: literally what I told the guy. I said, "We don't, you know, man, we don't come all the way out here to camp right next to somebody. We come out here, you know, to enjoy the wilderness and the solitude and the river and all this stuff. And um, thankfully, it wasn't a negative interaction. Thankfully, he he saw my point and, and left and, and went went away yeah so it wasn't a big deal but it definitely makes for an awkward situation so
1: but there's been plenty of times where like we had some places marked that were like oh well we'll try there first and we pull in and somebody's there so we always back up and leave and go to another spot for sure
0: yeah you know if we're traveling we're trying to travel in places that we haven't been already as well so in answer to the second part of the question do we have you know, options in mind, generally when we're hunting for camp, it's a place we've never been. And so we're just looking for, for options. And, you know, the best thing to do is pick a time of day. You know, if if you've been traveling for six or eight hours and it's, you know, coming up on 4 PM or five, start looking for camps. And if you find a mediocre camp market, because there have been so many times where we've passed a halfway decent campsite, and three hours down the trail, haven't come across <laughs> anything else. So, you know, just being cognizant of the ones that you're passing as you, as you go out there that way, if, you know, you find crowds or, or, you know, your plan is, is ruined by that. then then you've got, you know, options. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge and we're all going to have to learn how to respect each other. But my advice is if you're the person coming up on a campsite, don't just roll in.
2: Mm-mm.
0: Move on. Those mm-hmm. people have come out to the wilderness for a reason. Yeah. And, and
1: you weren't invited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So, next question comes from patron Eric Isaacson. How do you deal with travel in bear country with the turtleback trailer with the kitchen area directly below the tent? So, the key to bear country is.
1: Clean up. Clean
0: up. (laughs) Stay on top of it. Yes. Cook, eat, clean immediately. Mm -hmm. And if possible, if you find a nice view, say at 4 p.m., pull over and make supper right there, especially if it's a high-activity bare area. You know, just go ahead and make supper there. That way your scents and stuff are left behind. And then go find camp after you've cleaned up everything inside.
1: Yeah, we've done that a few times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, personally, we've never had an encounter with bears. No. Now, one could argue that we've just never crossed paths, or you could argue that our methods work. So, (laughs) um, I'm
1: going to say our methods work. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. So um, the other big thing that we always recommend is don't go and camp in those crowded areas that, that people frequent. On a regular basis, uh-huh. the bears. And, like, trash in the fire right.
1: pit. And...
0: Well, the bears in that area become acclimated and they associate humans with food. And mm-hmm. that's when you start getting those dangerous interactions is with bears that, you know, are, are they, they see humans and they think food. So get away from everything. You know, c- go find the bears that actually are afraid of you. Yeah. So. Oh, and don't forget to put your trash inside the car at night as and well. And lock it. And lock it. Yeah. Because they're crafty little devils.
1: Yep. And the nice thing about the turtleback, too, is that it did seal and lock up. Now, sure, probably a bear or a wolf could still smell the smells, but at least it was like sealed and locked up. It's not like we had to like set up a kitchen and tear down a kitchen and put it away to lock up every night. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So,
0: that's very true. All right. Next question from patron Sean Peacocks. Can you release a highlight reel of you and Jorge working in the garage together?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure that there will probably uh, be probably some footage like that eventually. I'm sure. Yeah. Next question from Gregory I, or Gregory the Gregory I, I'm not sure. If you had to buy a GX again, would you, or would you buy a Sequoia or Land Cruiser? Also, please mm-hmm. let us know if you got your house situation resolved or if we need to pray y'all get a new place soon. So first part of the question.
1: Would we get a GX again or would it be something else?
0: Right. Or, uh, between a Sequoia or a Land Cruiser.
1: That's tough because I have drooled over a Sequoia for a while. Yeah. But I can't really say, say I've ever really seen one rigged out before.
0: There's some out there, but. I know
1: there's very few. They're
0: not common. Yeah.
1: So personally, if I got a Sequoia, it would just be like the mom car. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that I would want to rig it out. Yeah. I think I would just want it because we've always lived so far away from Tennessee that it would be nice to just have a nice, comfortable, basic car to drive uh, back and forth with. Right. That's true, too. Um, so I don't know that I would necessarily pick it to rig out now like a 100 series or mm-hmm. something land cruiser or a mm, 200 200 yeah <laughs> we've definitely drooled over those yeah
0: when we were in alaska we were actually there a couple of days after we finished filming and craig and brooke um acquisitioned a 200 series land cruiser from Most their apart. from their neighbors <laughs> for us to drive so that was a little a little nerve wracking but
1: <laughs> it was delicious oh, though oh
0: my gosh it yeah yeah, I I could see us in a 100 or 200 series in the future.
1: Yeah. But if you're looking for a middle ground of comfort but capability, the 460 is primo.
0: Yeah, I um I don't think that this is in the question list, but it was asked so many times at um Mountain West Expo that I think I'll I'll kind of cover it right here quickly. A lot of folks, I would say probably at least a dozen said, "All right, Forerunner or GX, yeah, like,
1: and I was like, that's not even fair.
0: It's and and I told him, I said, it's it's a toss up. I mean, flip a coin when it comes to a comparison between footprint and um, comfort and capability. I mean, they are. I mean, they're on the same chassis. The only thing that I would say is where where the Forerunner has an advantage is there are a lot more parts. For the Forerunner, yeah. for, for modding it out and right off the showroom floor, it's already so capable. I mean, put good tires on it and just go. The GX is a different situation because you got a lot of low hanging, you know, body panels and stuff and, and styling. Yeah, that's, that's where the trade off is. But if you have, you know, the patience of the time or, or you're willing to just, you know, start cutting plastic bits away until you can start, you know, putting sliders and, and bumpers and stuff on. The V8 in this GX is just a pleasure to drive. (laughs) And ever since we put the Flowmaster on it, it's just, it's, It's, it perfected the attitude. It did. It's so sick.
1: It's definitely no longer like soccer mom car. No. But what's funny is like people, I felt like people were asking me silver or Aspen not just platform wise. Which do you like better? Right. I was like, that's not fair.
0: Oh, that's true. As they sit right now, oh, I don't know.
1: Cause like I have like super like emotional mm-hmm. attachment to the to silver, right. right? So like when I took her on my last girls trip, uh-huh. it was like oh, I felt like I was like back <laughs> with my BFF again, right? And was like, all right, girl, let's go on a trip together. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just totally different than like going in Aspen, right? But we'll. I know we'll get there. We're. I mean, we're essentially there. Oh, I know.
0: So, so yeah. In answer to your your question, Gregory, we would we'd love to try out all different types of platforms. Absolutely. So yeah, we're we're game for any of those. You know, if we had to pick today, you know, one rig on one platform, probably go hundred series. Me
1: too. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yep.
0: I think that's where I would go. Me too. A little bit of a little bit of room um, for the long haul and V eight. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's that's the route that I would go. Plus, I got some ideas for a one hundred series that I'm sure you do. Nobody's really done yet. Mm-hmm. And then second part of the question was house situation. Well, we're just waiting to find out at this point. So, anytime you lease or rent, it's like okay, we'll see what happens. So, all right, next question. From patron Landy Andy four by four over in the UK, what time do you start looking for camp, and do you have a backup plan if your first planned camp is occupied? Thanks, keep up the good work. So similar, similar question.
1: Well, we've had to come up with the rule because there have been too many times where we have gone hours past supper time, yeah, looking for the best spot. So it's kind of turned into by five, we start looking. Mm -hmm. If we don't find anything we love by six, we get 30 minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have to do
1: that. Otherwise, everyone's hangry and then we're just hangry and tired. And then nobody enjoys the camping spot. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) So yes, usually by five, Mm -hmm. we don't find anything by six. Then we have 30 minutes and we just got to pick something. That's it. Yep.
0: Yep. Next question from Ilpaca Adventures patron. Any chance of a teardrop style trailer in the far future, maybe one made by Turtleback or another company, making its way to the channel, even if for a short demo period?
1: Demo period, sure.
0: <laughs> so, you guys, you know, a lot of you saw us use the teardrop up in Alaska, and conceptually, it was, I liked it. I really liked it. Functionality, it it needed some improvements to, like, really get on our radar as a long-term option. Usage. Yeah. So, yes, for cold weather, for bear country, for windy weather, I think a teardrop is... Would be awesome. It, it would be really, really cool. But you do lose a sense of the experience and being connected to nature by not being in a tent. So there's there's a little bit of a trade-off there. There's not as much ventilation to be had. Um, and then length was an issue for me. I'm six foot three and there's a lot of teardrop trailers out there, but not many of them that have a full length bed. And the other, the other side of it is there's So it's
1: got to sleep all three of us.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a full size mattress for most of those. Yeah. And it was just too narrow. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't pleasurable. So it, if we do go to one it's gonna have to be something with a little bit more creative sleeping space in order Mm -hmm. to uh, to make it comfortable
1: yeah or caroline will just have to be way older and comfortable enough to sleep on a rooftop tent on top of it you know yeah so
0: yeah so so in answer to your question yeah i mean we're not ruling we actually saw a pretty sweet one yeah, at we Mountain West yeah that we
1: enjoyed looking at.
0: We really we really did. Um, I think that's expedition trailer. It's it's the same guy who owns and runs um, Art Tech. Yeah. And I, I I first saw Art Tech when I saw these skid plates at Expo East three years ago, and I was like, dang, that's creative. Like nobody's been doing skid plates like that. So when I found out he was making a trailer. Yeah, it's pretty cool. There's it's a lot of really cool. There's so many ingenious designs in there, and um, but yeah, we're we're excited to test a lot of different things, and the channel's moving that way.
1: Uh huh. I think so for sure. You know,
0: we 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 um, have moved away from the twenty three zero tent. We've gone to the eye camper just because when people saw us camping in a, in Alaska, we got all these questions, and we're like, okay, so so we've been using a you know a product that we we know and we love and we trust, but.
1: But what if somebody wants to know if something else is good?
0: Exactly. And so, you know, I feel like, you know, you guys are looking to us and trust us to give you our honest opinion on different types of gear. So we're just going to try and expand mm-hmm. more and more and, and blend things into the channel so that we can speak intelligently to, to what your options might be yeah. when it comes to different tent styles or different camp chairs or different trailers or, or oh gosh, any of that we stuff. We have
1: so many camp chairs.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. <and> I'm <laughs> I looking, think
1: we have eight
0: well, I'm looking forward to doing a video okay. comparison on that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, next question is from Andrew Greg, our patron. Do you have plans for any other big routes similar to the ERT or High Country series? Always. <laughs> <laughs> my um my ulterior motive here in Utah is has been to continue every opportunity that I get to explore a little bit more of a loop that I'm I'm forming and confirm some routes. So, um, no promises, but I would like to say that by the end of this year we're going to have a a Utah based route and it's probably going to be the best one yet to be honest with you. So I'm pretty stinking excited. And the overarching plan one day (laughs) is to link all of those trails together. Oh, wow. So if you wanted to do a six-month tour, you'll have that op- opportunity. So always looking for expanding these trails to give, especially folks back on the East Coast, an
1: option when they come come out this way. Mm-hmm, for sure. So the next question comes from the Pentacuff family, who are our patrons. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know this question has already been asked before, But what was the final straw that made you say, okay, let's go for it. Let's do this full time. He says, or they say that we're just starting out and aren't exactly sure where they need to be to be able to go full time. Um, But they are definitely dreaming and have a desire to do that in the back of their heads.
0: I think we kind of covered this in... In one of our our podcast about intentionalism, you know, mm-hmm. or minimalism, however you want to define it, um, but oh, you know, in a nutshell, it was just just tired of kind of the rat race, somewhat of a self created rat rat race at times. Just looking around at your family and realizing that you haven't spent the time that you intended to, and just coming to that harsh realization that you know life is short, so take advantage of an opportunity to go and do something you'll always remember forever. Mm -hmm. And so when, when we were wrapping up our job at Turtleback as, as ops manager, we had uh, obviously been living in a fifth wheel camper for what, four years at that point?
1: No, just almost three.
0: So three years. Yeah. So obviously, you know, our expenses were low and we were able to save up and then, when we sold the fifth book camper in the truck that gave us enough, you know, operating capital for six or eight months. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know what, let's go, let's do this, let's film this. And, you know, we'll make a transition. And if the YouTube thing pops, great, that's awesome. If
1: Not then
0: (laughs) that would be a great, you know, it was a great vacation and we have skill sets and, you know, places where we could go straight back to work. So it wasn't it wasn't really jumping off the deep end, you know, we, we had what you might call a security blanket. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, everybody has different comfort levels, but if, if you have a skill set, then you know, you can come back to work if things don't work out. So, yeah.
1: and I think that's what really helped us feel way comfortable right. about doing that mm-hmm. is that we were like, okay, worse comes to worse you can go back to being an electrician. We'll move Mm -hmm. back to Tennessee and we'll just regroup with loads of great memories. That's it. And, and we also knew that by selling the camper and the truck, we knew we wouldn't have to touch like our savings and stuff to go and do this. So we did sacrifice having like a home Mm -hmm. per se to go and do this. So,
0: yeah. And this wasn't, you know this this preparation wasn't just the matter of a couple of years i mean we had we had moved to new mexico and been working lots of crazy hours mm-hmm. for seven years multiple years and uh so you know y- you can be intentional now and and it just depends on how long you want to go for and what you want to do with it you know if you're hoping to create a youtube channel um you know that's that's a whole different mountain to climb um but if you're just looking to develop a skill set that you can take on the road, which you know obviously a lot of people are doing now, um, yeah, start taking those steps now and and make a a one year, three year, five year plan to get you to that point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Here's a question from Daniel, a patron. Being on the road so much, how do you make sure your rig is secure? I know you got broken into at a hotel, but what about trailheads and other places where your rig is unattended during activities? It's a large fear of mine with the gear I'm building up on my rig. Thanks again for the the inspiration and the wife for (laughs) cooking tutorials. You're welcome. Just kidding. (laughs) That's sweet.
0: Yeah. So pretty simple. Uh, We have storage compartments built into the, into the rigs. So uh, especially in the case of the forerunner, we can lock those independently. Um, so if someone does break into the rig, they have to go through another layer to get to camera gear and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't take it with me. Um, something that I try to do that some people kind of overlook sometimes is, you know, you you end up putting a lock on everything on your rig, the spare tire, the the fuel cans, you know, the rooftop tent, all that stuff, you know, you have secured. So what can happen is, if you make your rig so secure that nothing can be stolen off the outside, that's when they start breaking inside and, you know, the harder they have to look to find something of value, the more damage that they're going to do. So yeah. we, um, we, we have a multiple approach. We We try to be very cognizant of the places that we leave the rigs. You know, if we're stopping for dinner and, and, we can't see the rig from the restaurant window, then we might go somewhere else. Right. Um, that's kind of the first step. And then the other thing is leave something of value accessible on your rig. I call it thief fodder. Yeah. Let them get something just big enough for to carry and go on with themselves. And, yeah. I feel
1: like they can get some money off of it and then just leave.
0: Right. Because if, if you go to, to locking everything up perfectly, what you might find is a completely you know destroyed car as they're trying to get and to find something of value, so um, maybe maybe you keep an old tablet or you keep an old phone in there, something of uh, that'll get their attention and send them on their way.
1: Yeah. All right. Here's a question from Mark Page Jr. As a twenty-three-zero RTT user, how do you keep insects from entering the tent through the openings next to the hinge? I love your inspiration. We have two camping trips down and two more this summer. Awesome. That's good to hear. Do you remember the moths? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh.
1: That's all I thought of. That
0: was insane. But they were everywhere. They were in the, the rigs. They were yeah. in, the, in the double wide. They were everywhere.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's very simple. I uh, usually have a jacket even during summer, right? You know, mm-hmm. you get those cool evenings. So when you go up there and you go to bed, you just kind of roll that up lengthwise, stick it behind the poles, and push it down. It does two things. It keeps the bugs out. And if it's cold...
1: It insulates a little it bit. It
0: insulates it just a little bit. Yep. So, yeah.
1: That we, that's what we've always, always done. Always
0: done. And we've not had a heck of a lot of bugs come through there, but no. depending on where you are and what's going on, I mean, you might be in the middle of a moth infestation. Well, so. and I
1: feel like more often than not, having a little kid climbing up and down the ladder, going in the tent and out, it's usually coming through the giant hole. <laughs> True. <laughs> the doorway. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been known to happen. All right. Here's a question from Jason Smith. We use a twenty-three zero walkabout, eighty-seven inch on our trailer, and really getting sick of the hassles of the cover. Hmm. Is this inconvenience worthy of switching to something such as an eye camper?
0: Well, <laughs> the answer to that question is directly proportional to how recently I've had to fight a bad zipper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, we went. You know, how many years? So many years, and zippers you know come and they go just depending on how much use they get and how grungy they get um, and we had a lot of good luck with especially the the sydney tent that we had uh we had 180 almost 200 nights
1: mm-hmm. in that
0: tent As a matter of fact it it's back at the family farm it's it's just it's just sitting there right now it's still in hopefully good shape um the thing is with each different style of tent just as with each different style of rig, you have pros and cons. Yeah. For you sure. have trade offs. So, the beauty of this style tent, the 230 tent, is when you open it, you immediately have space to stand under the tent. So, if it's raining or if it's just the sun's blasting down, you've got a little bit of shelter mm-hmm. instantly. Um, and with the overhang, when it's raining cats and dogs or snowing, you have a place to climb in and out, and a relatively dry place to store your shoes or whatever outside of the tent.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When you go to something like an eye camper, you get less of an overhang. Yeah, you get less coverage next to the vehicle because it's it's a more concise design. Um, and what you get in the trade off is super fast setup, super fast teardown,
1: and not just fast. It's a little bit easier,
0: right? And so you have those trade offs. Now, the wedge style has become immensely popular, and I can see the appeal. But the problem is if you're you have more no than. You no shelter with that one. You got no shelter. If you have kids, they're not going to sleep up there comfortably with you. Um, if it's just pouring the rain, you're going to get absolutely drenched going in and out. So. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to go through all those different tents though, so we can speak even more intelligently to to each of the options. But in answer to your questions or in answer to that specific question about the frustration, there are days where I would say yes. But there are days where I miss having more overhang.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Here's a question from I'm going to say Juan Chaparro. How do you handle Caroline's education, homeschooling online? Yes, we are homeschooling. Um, I We don't do online just because she doesn't really need it right now, just being in third grade. I can handle teaching <laughs> third grade. Um, and I have specifically picked um, curriculum that I'm excited about that will help her be excited, and but it's also small and concise enough that if and when we do take a long-term trip I can take all of it with me or I can organize it in a way that um, can be like even smaller and more concise so so far we're loving it Mm -hmm. we actually really enjoy each other's (laughs) company I mean she is still eight so there are still definitely days where Um, she doesn't want to do it, you know, just like anybody else's kids are like, I don't want to go to school. Caroline says the same thing to me, (laughs) but you know, in the end I win her over. Yeah. So it's going great.
0: She's enjoying it. When I took her out to lunch yesterday, I was asking her how she was liking it and she's, she's really enjoying the heck out of it, especially history.
1: Yeah. That's been our fave so far. (laughs) All right. Here's a question from Daryl Garms. Hi, I've got a rig question. What type of mount do you use for forward-facing cameras on your dash? I believe you use GoPros, and I'm trying to find a similar solution for iPhone. I'm hoping to film my trip to the Mountain West Expo.
0: Awesome. Um, So RAM mounts. RAM mounts are the way you want to go, and we don't use GoPro anymore. We had too many problems with them overheating and corrupting their files, and so... We've moved to the DJI Osmo Action Cam, and it's been doing a great job. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just jump on, um, on Ram Mount's website, and you can find a lot of different options that will piece you together, a system that you can put your phone in or, or any type of Action Cam in. Um, there's just a plethora of options out there.
1: Yeah, I love our Ram Mount. Okay, here's a question from Charles Bauman. Winch question. I had mine installed by OK four-wheel drive, a worn Evo S10 synthetic rope. Oh, he has two parts. Okay. One, specifically, there is about 10 inches of rope exposed from the far lead to the anchor point on the bumper. How bad is it to keep it like that? And what can I do to protect it from the environment and whatnot?
0: Well, anytime something like that's exposed to UV rays, it it will degrade it faster than the rest of of the system. So... If at all possible, I would say if you couldn't find a lead cover, a lot of times when you do buy a winch line, it'll actually include uh, a little Velcro uh, cover that slips onto it. So if you were like up against a rock or something like that, you could just slide that onto onto the winch. So you could use that as a first line of defense just to make sure... You know it's not degrading extremely fast the second thing is a little bit more expensive but it's what we've we've gone to is there are different types of links so we have the factor 55 link so that when it pulls up to the fairlead, lead it bumps and it is there and there is no rope exposed whatsoever so that would be your best overall option it's just a little bit more expensive
1: okay here's part two how often should i pay it out and clean if not used in a while
0: and a lot of that's subjective, you know, as far as like how dusty you travel in, how often it's getting, you know, muddy or wet. Um, you know, I would just take a look at it. And if you can visually see that it's starting to accumulate dust or, or dirt or grime, go ahead and spin it out and, and wash it in some mild detergent. And let it air dry in the sun. And then, you know, make sure you pre-tension it as you roll it back on. Don't just suck it up because... You'll forget, (laughs) hook it to something and next thing you know, that line will be buried down at the bottom of the drum and, and you won't be getting it loose. So always pre-tension something whenever you, whenever you take it out.
1: All right. Team Hydra Overland has a couple of rig questions. Actually three. (laughs) Okay. What's your favorite tire you have run so far?
0: Oh, favorite tire. Uh, overall tire for both work and play has been the ko2 we've we've been through five sets of those um Maximum traction don't care about sound
1: the cooper
0: <laughs> st uh, pro stt pros have been just just beasts um but a happy medium between those two would be the km3s they're quiet on the road but you still get a decent amount of traction out on the trail so. Um, don't know if I necessarily have a favorite right now, but I have a favorite for particular situations. So if you have a commuter and you need something that's going to be, you know, have good road manners, do well in the snow and things like that. KO2s. If you want something in between KM3s, if you have a dedicated rig and you don't care how loud it is, SAT pros.
1: They're loud though. Get it. Uh, part two. I believe you've always run 33s on silver, ever considered 34s or 35s, and why or why not? Because they're just too big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I've, I've had a lot of people suggest to me, I need to go 35s, and I'm just, It. I mean, the tire that I have does everything that I need, and yeah. we're not pursuing crazy trails, so um, I enjoy a little bit of a challenge, you know, with the 33s, so... I, I would much rather have a, a tire that moves freely within my wheel well space at all different uh-huh. positions and, 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 and turning uh, positions and not rub than to have just these gargantuan tires underneath the rig that look cool. I don't, you know, don't get me wrong on that. They feel the wheel well out. But man, as soon as you start flexing out,
1: <laughs> you don't, you're, you're, can't do very much.
0: Yeah, you're you're ripping uh, fender liners out. So, to answer your question, no, I think that our 28570 R17s on all the rigs is, is where we're at. Now, one day I may do full travel on Silver, Walt, a tactical application <laughs> vehicles, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm just volunteering right now. It would be awesome to go to. F- to, to long travel on silver and run 35s or even 37s. That's my, that's my little dream.
1: Okay. Part three, <laughs> you ran icon suspension on silver for a long time, but I think you switched to King a while back. What's your evaluation between the two?
0: I prefer the Kings. There's not so much a, a discernible difference in the feel and performance uh, between the Kings and the icons, but I prefer them because you can just simply put them side by side with the components from Icon and go, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Like,
1: Even I can see it, and I am not right. that much of a gearhead.
0: Right. So um, a properly set up Icon suspension is going to ride really well for you. A properly set up King suspension is going to ride r- really well for you. It's it's all similar principles. But I think the kings are going to get you further down the road. That's just my opinion so far.
1: Okay. Frank Toby has a good question. Any plans to explore the Northeast and Nova Scotia? Would love to. Yes. (laughs) I kind of have this like fantasy of doing like a lighthouse tour kind of thing. Mm. That's not necessarily off road, but I don't know. Yeah. But me and Caroline, Speaking of homeschooling moment, we just learned about the Vikings and how they. Leif Erikson discovered North, uh, North America, um, colonized Newfoundland, and all this stuff. And so, like they've found um, Viking, like Viking villages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so, her and I are dying <laughs> to go up there and see them. Awesome. Plus, I also have an Anne of Green Gables fantasy. <laughs> 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 Going up there too, so yes, that'd be great. Yeah, not sure when. Right.
0: Yeah. So yeah, whenever the border opens back up and and travel's not so questionable, yeah, Katie, bar the door, we've got so many places that we want to go, but we have often yearned to go to the East Coast, and I envision it would be cool to go from like Key West all the way as far north as you can drive on the eastern seaboard up to uh Labrador and yeah, just see all of that incredible land and then I know this continues and then <laughs> drive west through Canada as far north as you can stay. And then go all the way over.
1: All yeah right. Yeah. So that sounds good too.
0: Yeah, so that's my that's my plan. So come on. Let's let's get this all let's get cleared. going.
1: Okay. <laughs> Paul Burton has a couple of, he says a couple of easy ones. Thanks, Paul. Uh, do you have any more podcasts planned? Love the last ones. <laughs> Look at what we're doing, Paul. Yes. <laughs> Just for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, he says, is the Scotland European trip still in the cards? Always. Yeah. Always. Like literally the second things are green lighted. I could be ready to go. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I stay in, in touch with our patron, Tim Lunn over there. And he was the one who was going to give us a a tour. His wife's uh, Marge is actually from, from Scotland. And so He
1: actually got to go camping this weekend. I saw that. The first time in like two years. I know. And he got his troopy
0: back from the paint shop too. I know. It looked great. It looks, I was like, awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. anyhow, geeking out over his 70 series. Um, but yes, absolutely. Uh, Scotland, Norway, Sweden. Vikings. Um, oh, and by the way, I think I have a connection to uh, for some Iceland tours as well.
1: Okay. Yeah. We'll just do a whole Viking-themed one. We'll do
0: it all. We'll do it all.
1: Me and Caroline will have really cool braids in our hair. We'll paint our face. <laughs> I don't know if Vikings necessarily painted their faces, but...
0: last uh, sure. year, sure.
1: You know, actually, they didn't wear helmets with horns on them. They didn't? No. Nope. Come they, on. They just made that up for operas.
0: Really? Yep. Wow.
1: It is not truly authentic.
0: Well, my entire vision of what a Viking looks like is ruined now.
1: Maybe we should watch that show, The Vi- that Viking Show. Maybe that's a little more realistic. I don't know. <laughs> Their hair just looks bomb in it. <laughs> okay. Right. Command View Adventurers asks Spotted the visor organizer in The for- Forerunner. Who makes that one?
0: That was made by Overland Taylor, and he no longer. Does any stitch and sew stuff? He has moved on to tailor tuning your overland rig. So he tailor can tailor tuning, yeah. So he can tweak your Toyota to give it more horsepower and stuff. Oh, yeah,
1: that's completely different. Okay,
0: I thought I way nicely. He's now tailoring your rig,
1: mm, yeah, that was pretty good. Okay. 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 Jerry and Jamie and James ask, what is the one moment from your travels that you will never forget? Come on. One quick answer from each of you. Go. Oh, crap. Go. No, you have to go first. Oh, I no. read the question. <laughs> I get I get a minute to think. Okay.
0: The most recent one is um, the lake, uh, Roosevelt Lake in Alaska, when we found the boat. Oh, yeah. That it Just the way the clouds were and the sun was... Not setting, obviously, but like that oh, was that perfectly glassy lake was just so much fun.
1: Okay, since we're just talking about number one moments we'll never forget, not like maybe a favorite memory or favorite place, the number one moment I will never forget was when we got to tuk mm. It was like the most beautiful day. Pretty windy, but still beautiful. And we... Like pulled in, drove around, it th- you know saw all the things and whatever, and then picked our camp spot. And I remember um, we had like a camp table. I think I have a picture of it, but I had like poured a glass of wine. I was sitting on the picnic table, not that the sun set, but watching the sun dip. Right. Um. And like Caroline was playing with some little French kids right right, right. next door uh-huh. to us, and just like soaking in the moment of realizing like. That I was there, yeah, and that we'd made it, yeah.
0: I remember that, and we had the little the the guy came in from the village, and he was selling soapstone that he carved, and he had a little shook, yep. And we we bought that and sat there and looked at it. while we drank wine and watched the Arctic Ocean,
1: yeah, yeah, so crazy, yeah. Okay, thank you for making us nostalgic. Yeah, I gotta go back to the Jerry Alaska. and Jamie. That was in Alaska, though. And tough.
0: We got to go north, I should say.
1: Okay, RVA Galaxy has two questions. Uh-huh. They're kind of loaded questions. Okay, how do you handle toiletries? We're four people on three week journey and have a ridiculous amount of soap, face wash, body wash, shampoo, etc. It's gotta it's it's gotten out of hand. If you ask me, <laughs> obviously this is a man writing this. <laughs> this is not a woman <laughs> because if we're going on a trip that's more than three days I take my whole skincare routine <laughs> Have you all figured out a system um sort of yeah so basically when I pack I pack for me and Caroline and um so I pack all of like all of our mess meed in <laughs> All of our medicine that we might need or want, and all of our vitamins, because I'm a little bit of a health nut. So we take a lot of vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, as for toiletries, um, me and Caroline use all of the same things. So truthfully, it's not a whole lot. But if, like I said, if we're gone for more than three days, I take my whole skincare routine. Hmm. And so I usually end up with that's like, all we bought the trailer. Basically. <laughs> uh, and so, but no, like when we did um, Colorado for 30 days, yeah, I had two toiletry bags. So I had like one that I would get into for like everyday things. And then one I would get into for like once a week when we took a shower. Right. Okay. So, and then medicine was separate. We usually keep that in a medicine box so we can like all get to it. Can I comment good. from
0: a guy's perspective? Sure. So one. Either everybody can switch to using the same shampoo and the same soap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or two, you can go to the dollar store and buy those little travel individual size. travel sizes. And then everybody can load their own up, put their name on them, and go yeah. from there.
1: Yeah, because if you're trying to take full-size everything, goodness. Oh, yeah. that's no, a that,
0: five-gallon bucket full of stuff. Yeah,
1: that's ridiculous. Number two, how do you all deal with washboard ruts? We're in a Wrangler. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Guessing that's why you all have independent suspension? You guessed right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is a challenge for uh, solid front axles, especially on the washboards. You know, there's, that's a lot of moving mass. that's bouncing up and down. Uh, the biggest thing that I can recommend is tire pressure. So adjust your tire pressure down, and, you know, that's all subjective to what size wheel you have, what size tire you have, and how fast you're going to be going, how fast you're going to be turning. So... Play with that, and you, you'll you find a huge improvement once you get that, that proper tire pressure. And the next thing is, and I say this with a grain of salt, but speed. So case in point, we were in Death Valley a couple of years ago, and Saline Valley Road is incredibly washboarded mm-hmm. and, Always. or corrugated, as we would say in Australia. And we were doing 50, 55 miles an hour on top of that. And that's what allowed us to just hit the tops of those, um, washboards and it gave us better control because the suspension wasn't going nuts. Um, so, you know, if you have good visuals, if you can see way ahead, you know, obviously it's a dusty road, so you can see five miles ahead if someone's on it. Um, that's an option, but just watch out for, you know, wildlife and wild burrows and stuff like that so take that with a huge grain of salt but proper speed and proper air pressure will help you tremendously and a lot of people will say to you know go to four-wheel drive as well so play with that and see if you can't get a little bit more comfort out of it
1: cool old man old truck i'm currently planning about a three-month solo adventure what's the one piece of advice you'd give me above all others in preparing for a trip like that?
0: Practice, practice, practice locally and achievably. Get your system dialed in before you head out. Um, identify any things that are missing. Shake out any mechanical issues that might need shaking out. And, you know, really dive into your rig before you before you take off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of the basic encouragement that I'd have.
1: Yeah, I think for me, my thought would be, um, you know, plan your trip, plan some big things you want to do, but leave wiggle room because you're going to come across something that you're either going to you've overplanned your trip. And so you're going to wish you had time to go see and you missed out on something. Um, so because there have been many times where we're like, oh, we'll come back and do that. and We didn't go back and do that. So, you know, plan. Yes big momentous things you want to go see and go do, but give yourself a little bit of wiggle room for adventure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. A little bit of time to explore. You know, we would not
1: have known about those amazing cinnamon rolls. (laughs) (laughs) That's true.
0: If we had been on a tight schedule. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's a good point. Um, There's some people who want to plan it out and there's some people who just want to wing it. So, if I think you, it's a fine balance between if, the Yeah, two. if you are the person who's like, I just want to wing it, I encourage you to pick a few things. If you're someone who needs to plan every single detail, I encourage you to don't do that. Yeah, so, you can miss so out. So fi- find yeah. a happy balance, have a general idea, but then just get out there and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Uh, Robert DeHarsh, uh, question one. What is the scariest thing that has happened to you guys while in the backcountry? Um, the only thing I can think of is like, you know when you just pull into those camp spots and the vibe is just weird? Yeah. Just leave. Go find <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a new one.
0: Yeah. It's a surreal experience. One of them that I can think of in particular, and, and this actually ties back into an earlier question about a memory that we'll never forget. We were at Adigan Pass, and um, that's on the Dalton Highway. And it was August... Mid August and it snowed, and Caroline and I got out of the tent just to stretch our legs and went down to the stream. And um, you don't see this on the videos just because of the way YouTube is about this kind of stuff. But I left my shotgun um, at the at camp because it was only about a hundred yards away. But as you walk down to the creek, you walk down into the bushes. The next thing you know, you're surrounded by seven, eight foot tall bushes and immediately your visual distance goes away and uh, we were down there just for a few minutes I was filming the water and Caroline and all of a sudden literally the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and I looked around and I just said okay Caroline it's time to head back to the tent so you'd be surprised at for whatever reason the instincts that are at play when you're in the wild so don't ignore that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, that was that was probably one of the more scariest situations and the other one was involved with some two-legged folks in Seward Alaska and um yeah, we'll tell that story around campfire some other time, but yeah, yeah it got a little sideways pretty quick. A lot of alcohol involved on their part. So Yeah.
1: Um and he also has a good question. Uh where do you see yourselves in 10 years?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you where I see myself in 10 days. I almost
1: skipped that one. I was Most like, let see what he says. <laughs> 10 um, years.
0: Okay. So, so like, I, I still want to be involved in the overland industry and, um, it might not be making videos or, or it might be helping produce videos. I don't, I don't know, but I would love to, um, do more rigs I would love to build rigs I would love to I have a vision I have a dream for like the best overland rig ever like literally like the hands down best overland rig you know uh, unfortunately we've got to see firsthand what was supposed to be a top of the line overland rig from from Germany in the case of Jessica and Jorge and it was just devastating to watch them go through that and I would love to build rigs um, with integrity and quality from top to bottom, inside and out. So, yeah, that's in 10 years. I would like to see myself building 10 to 20 just ridiculous world traveling rigs built to the nines, but still not gargantuan, not overweight.
1: Yeah, achievable.
0: Achievable, perfect for a family of three to four people.
1: Mm hmm. Uh, the only thing I could think of to see myself doing in 10 years would be, uh, more solo trips, more trips with my girlfriends. Um, also specifically more, um, just trips with Caroline because in 10 years she, she going to be a big girl. I know. So
0: (laughs) she's going to be driving her own rig in 10 years.
1: So who, I don't know what I'll be doing.
0: Yeah. Maybe the forerunner will be long travel by then. <laughs>
1: hear that wall alright Brooke Wade um, has multiple questions but I'm going to kind of pick and choose a couple how does Caroline stay entertained during your long trips um, iPad audiobooks and a backpack full of activities So coloring, coloring books books, mm-hmm. books for her to read um, she loves joke books <laughs> <laughs> would you rather would you rather yeah um, and then just chit chatting with us Mm-hmm. so she gets bored and we tell her that's okay <laughs> find something to do
0: and she sings she makes
1: up
2: songs oh yeah all the time mm-hmm.
1: um and then here's a good question how far in distance and or time do you try to plan per day between campsites
0: try to do no more than eight hours yeah
1: i'll say usually max is six
0: and And that's only because we've been doing it for a long time. I know eight hours just is insane for some families, yeah, so I, I think a I think a good balance is five or six hours. I think that, that gives you time to get up and have a good breakfast, stop for lunch along the way, and get to camp just as sunset's hidden.
1: mm-hmm David Beasley asks, as a former teacher, I'm curious about the challenges and rewards of providing an on the road education for Caroline um. Uh, it's not really that challenging. Um, she's super friendly. So she, you know, if we have an opportunity to be social with other people, Mm -hmm. you know, we try and make time for that. Um, and I'm only educating one. I mean, I think if it was more than that, that might prove to be a little bit more challenging, but as of right now, it's been way more rewarding than challenging Mm -hmm. and allows us to be able to travel when we want to, because we can make up the work and we can do the work on the road. Yep. Uh, Matthew and Jennifer Bennett, he has a question. When aired down, how far would you drive on the highway if you were having to transfer from dirt to highway back to dirt?
0: So the big thing is ambient temperature and your tire pressure. So, and the weight of your rig. So friction creates heat, heat destroys tires. Um, So it's all subjective to, what you're going to be driving on. So if it's a hundred degrees outside, I might not go more than one or two miles. If it's 40 degrees outside and I'm only going to go 40 miles an hour, uh, just and you know, if it's a back road and people can pass you or whatever, then I might go eight or 10 miles. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. Um, what you don't want to do is create damage on the interior of the tire, and not know about it until it's too late. So err on the side of caution. No pun intended.
1: Okay. Joyce Parnell asks, uh, what brand or type of bags work best for you when packing your clothes? When we were full-time, we used plastic totes, and that was great. Really, really great. I could not imagine having to live out of the vehicle and doing like uh, suitcases, suitcases or duffel bags. Yeah. Because there were too many times where the ground was wet and I just needed to pull it out and set it on the ground. Yeah. So that was worth it. But now we do packing cubes and duffel bags Yeah, and it works just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, this is more of a Sarah question. Hi Joyce. (laughs) What thermal underwear or long johns has where's best for you? Um, uh, whatever I find and use. <laughs> I get asked a lot. How do I stay warm? Well, you need to start.
0: Yeah. I guess I really need brands. to
1: start thinking about it, but
0: especially this winter. Cause I'm planning on doing a lot of cold weather camping. with
1: you. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll figure it out, but, um,
0: it's the lighter layers that you like though. Cause as it warms up during the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I've just gotten to where I've actually done, um, just like leggings underneath of clothes rather than, doing long johns because then i can just wear my leggings with a long shirt or something tied around my waist right as opposed to like a thermal long john type of pant yeah for me so long as i just have something underneath so yeah and and wool you can't go wrong with wool yeah so
2: well
0: if anybody's asking about My underwear, yeah. I was about
1: to say, he's he's he has a like (laughs) a set long John underwear set. I I don't,
0: I have a pair of Under Armour, um, long Johns, long handles as we call them in Tennessee, and I have had those things for 12 years and they are still going strong and I still wear them. So maybe take a look at the Under Armour stuff, it has been phenomenal, it has lasted forever for me,
1: yeah. I probably ought to consider that for me and Caroline. Otherwise, yeah, I've just, I've mostly just turned to leggings because one, they're the most comfortable for me.
0: Well, it allows you to transition.
1: Yeah. And transition. Tony Henry, are your routes doable in an all wheel drive vehicle like the Toyota RAV4?
0: Absolutely. I would say 95% of the trails that we drive are are doable in, in, in that type of vehicle. It's, the, the question becomes, can you pass all the way through? So if there's a gatekeeper along that route, can you make it all the way through? Or are you going to have to go out and back? So, um, but again, like the vast majority of the stuff that we do. Yeah, totally, totally.
1: Uh, Landy, Andy, four by four. How much of the week do you dedicate to filming?
0: It really comes and goes. It's best if I can batch it. So if, if we can get a run of three or four days and, and, film all of that and i would say that from every day we're probably pulling an hour to two hours maybe three hours of footage um yeah it's it's kind of a difficult thing to quantify because it's not like it's a set schedule that we have so the more that i can film in a continuous run the better off i am yeah
1: Cool. Hikes, Bikes, and Brews is basically asking with Caroline growing up, how are you ba- balancing the traditional lifestyle as opposed to our traveling lifestyle? And will she be involved in groups and other activities?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always been a a question, you know, that we've received from, from a lot of different folks. And, you know, it's the way I think of it is, you know, it's interesting that we get used to normal life and that's what everybody does Mm -hmm. and isn't she missing out but you flip it around and you go well what about all those other kids that are missing out (laughs)
1: on on, what we're giving on
0: what she's getting so again we go back to there's trade-offs right to everything that we do but
1: and we ask every season or at least i do hey do you want to do dance no, I'm already really good at dancing is her (laughs) reply. I'm like, okay, would you want to try something else? She's like, nope, I'm good. I'm like, okay. So I think honestly, until like she says, yes, I want to try something. I think then we would accommodate, but up until this point,
0: she's got so many different hobbies and, you know, we, we go on so many different incredible adventures that are both, you know, educational and, and social. I mean, we're not always alone. And, the thing that we have found through this evolution is that this girl's never met another stranger. Yeah. So every kid that's out there is her friend. So that's, that's an incredible advantage that, that she has. So again, there's a trade off to all of that kind of stuff, but um, yeah, we, we're pretty confident that that the adventure she's having is more than making up for it.
1: Here's a good question. Okay. Dusty923 we were just planning a rental overland Anchorage trip for next summer mm-hmm. back when you announced yours. Any advice that you've learned for what to do when arriving and driving with a borrowed rig?
0: Yeah, so we we actually kept a list of things that we thought of that would be beneficial to, to folks on the next go-around. So we're going to make another video, like a follow-up to the series And I don't know, maybe we'll just turn it into a podcast too and talk about all those different things. But I don't know real quick, what was something that, that you thought of that would be handy for someone to be aware of?
1: Um, if it's, I mean, we were fortunate enough that we were just tra- going to a forerunner. And so we know all of the blind spots of a forerunner. We know how to handle a forerunner,
0: how to pack a forerunner 4- yeah,
1: and how to pack a forerunner. 4- <laughs> so if you are renting a rig that is not traditional to your vehicle, like say you rent a truck with a four wheel camper on the back, sit in the parking lot and practice backing up using your mirrors figuring out your size and capacity so that you're not accidentally taken off guard when you get on the trail. That's good that would be my thought.
0: That's a good point. And the other thing is be careful about overpacking because especially with these rigs that already have camping gear in them, you might get there and realize that you brought too, too many suitcases and having to, to work through that. So, um, travel light, travel small, And you'll have a lot more space for extra food and things like that.
1: Mm -hmm. RVA Galaxy says, where do you dispose of trash once off BLM National Forests? Gas stations. Yeah. We've started doing um, like grocery sacks. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than like a garbage bag. So it just looks like, oh, we just cleaned out the car (laughs) and dumping it in the trash can.
0: We had somebody yell at us over in um, Silverton one day because we'd picked up a lot of trash on the trail and like, we had a garbage bag full of stuff, you know, just as we do. And went to walk over to put it in the trash can and this lady starts yelling at us. And I'm like, what? Like you have this trash can here for us to use. And she's like, yeah, but that's just for smaller bags. And I'm like, I don't know. You're trying to do something good. And yeah. And, and so, yeah, I highly recommend. And, and, You'll see comments every now and then when we go to the grocery store and like we're coming out with grocery bags and everybody's like, why are you using grocery bags? You're killing the earth. Well, there's a strategy behind it it's yeah. so that we can go and pick up trash at different campsites and have small little bags. And usually while I'm filling up, I'll just, you know, are they looking? Throw one in, walk around the rig. <laughs> Clean the window, drop another one in. So yeah, yeah, that's it's just a more manageable way. That way, you don't look like you're just dumping household trash.
1: Yeah, Ralph Hunger wants to know. We he always sees us sitting by rivers or lakes. Do we like to fish?
0: Absolutely loved fish, but don't do it enough. But gonna do it more. And there's more to the secret thing that we talked before. The surprise that's coming Expo West. Um, yeah. More, more more, to follow.
1: Oh, here's a good one. Trendy Mommy wants to know, I would love to see your packing arrangements. We have a nine-year-old daughter and packing always seems like a challenge. Any good systems and how many items do kids get with their own bags versus packing in one bag? So like I said before, I always pack my clothes with Caroline's clothes unless it's a really long trip. But even for Alaska, I kept us in one. Um, but then otherwise, like, What she doesn't pack, she doesn't get entertained with. So she's old enough to know what she's going to need or not. Sometimes I do still help, but we do keep it very minimal. Yeah. (laughs) For XOA, since you won't answer this question, how much bacon do you eat a year? (laughs) So. (laughs) Hashtag never give up on bacon. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: So. Literally, I was setting up all this gear for for the podcast, and I I was looking for another set of headphones, and I I knew I'd seen them in in the Forerunner, and so I went out there and I was digging through the main storage box, and literally, Sarah, I opened it up, and there was a three quarter piece of bacon in
2: the storage,
0: <laughs> and I thought about eating it. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. So, I thought just that was that was a uh, poignant timing. but yeah. I don't know. What do we go through a package a week?
1: Yeah, well, and we're definitely cutting back more now. So. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're we're switching to to new diets. Really yep. trying to focus on the health lately.
1: J L Mick twenty seven. Have you guys made any headway on bringing some drawer systems to the market?
0: I actually had a talk with Keith about that yesterday, and we're still um, entertaining that idea right now. And it, it it's just going to kind of come down to Keith because obviously I don't have time to pursue that. But we do have a really cool concept that's going to be crazy affordable um for the diy kind of kind of guy so more to come on that just just stay tuned um but yeah like i said it's it's kind of up to Keith at this point
1: oh here's a good one uh ghost the glad i think that's how he says it what is your favorite part about overlanding really i want us to answer this question and what do you always seem to forget to pack We forget toilet paper a lot.
0: And pillows.
1: (laughs) And pillows. But I feel like we forget toilet paper a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) Luckily, we tend to remember. We always have like just
2: enough enough to get by to like
1: either go buy more. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Canyon Narrow Adventures. Any plans to return to Costa Rica? Yes. Sure. <laughs>
0: Absolutely.
1: That'd be great.
0: Yeah. Again, once the world kind of makes up its mind, um, we will be doing some more international stuff. But what we don't want to do is go off half cocked and get, you know, marooned in another country. Yeah. Don't I mean, there's a worse place to be marooned than Costa Rica. But um, yeah, we're just going to focus on the 48, 49 states right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's a good question. Waves XX asks, do you read books on your travels and watch movies and series? If so, what are they? Hmm. Tell them about what we listened to in Alaska going to bed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So there's a book called Alaska and I'll have to look it up again, but it's like 58 hours long. By
1: Mitchum. Mitchum. I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's got a lot of historical Mm -hmm. type books like that, but uh, really, really, really good. Just story. It was, it was very, it was a lot of storytelling, but there was a lot of information in the way that he blended it together. That just made it, Really fascinating, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, we definitely do Audible as opposed to like taking a book to read. Yeah. Um, so on our uh, northern trip, we listened to all of the Little House on the Prairies. Yeah. Or um, excuse me, the Laura Ingles books. Um, and then Caroline started getting into the Magic Tree House books, so we had to listen to a lot of those with her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I enjoy listening to those over and over again. And also Kevin and I both enjoy lots of podcasts. My favorite is <laughs> the office ladies. Uh-huh. And I also enjoy, I don't know. I just kind of hop around, but office ladies is like my most consistent. They, they feel like my BFFs. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would be friends with me. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> my favorite audio books have been the, um, the Dresden files. It's not really something you can listen with the whole family, but, uh, wow. Like it's like Harry Potter, all grown up with attitude. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's really well, really well done, really well narrated. Um, I I don't know. I love a lot of historical stuff and, um, yeah, I love podcasts when I get time to listen to them. Like I I like to drop in on a few select Joe Rogan podcasts and, um, I've been listening to a lot of different like scientist type stuff, just nerdy stuff lately too.
1: Yeah. Just gathering information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a good one. Unknown adventures. Voodoo asks, how long do you plan on going as lifestyle overland as many years as you can? Or would it come to a point where perhaps you would shift into another business or field?
0: Um, obviously we got to keep your head on a swivel. And you know, ideas flowing, and uh, there's no immediate plans whatsoever. But my kind of dream, if I was to add something in or blend something in, would be kind of a self-sufficient homestead. That's always been kind of my dream as well. And it's it's just kind of an extension, you know. We're, we're overlanding is you know vehicle-supported travel, um, so it would be awesome to have a self-sustaining piece of land that kind of did its own its own style of survival.
1: Here's another good question. Overland Sundance asks, do you plan trips just so you can tell the stories of the places you visit? Cause you're a really good storyteller and you like digging into the history of where we've been.
0: Yeah. Um, more often than not, it's, it's traveling through an area and then coming back and, and researching where was I? What did I see? Um, But sometimes, we, especially as we've been here in Utah, we've done a little bit more forethought and looking into some of these things and and being able to speak intelligently to them uh, when we're actually physically there. But uh, I I do enjoy the surprise of cool things along the trail and then go back and and research. Oh, and there's our cricket. I know. It's like it came inside. I'll be honest. Just set
1: in. So here's a question that I've seen multiple other people ask. Brit, me with your best shot. That's clever. (laughs) (laughs) What video editing tools do you use? Go.
0: Uh, So I use DaVinci Resolve Studio.
1: Where do you get all your music from?
0: Musicbed.com, Artlist.io, and EpidemicSound.com.
1: Okay, and? And
0: my brother wrote a lot of our original music.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And those are paid so that we don't have to worry about necessarily like copyright strikes. Copyright strikes. Yeah,
0: that's yep. how we do it.
1: Because mm-hmm. we get that a lot. Why don't you make a playlist? <laughs> uh, because.
0: <laughs> well, we can make a playlist. Um, we've actually got some fans that have made a couple different lifestyle over playlists on Spotify. So if you go and search those up, you can you can find a lot of our favorite tunes in there.
1: Doug Glenn, when do you think you'll have more of your camo hoodies in stock?
0: I don't know. Let's ask the Overland Stall manager.
1: So, we made a huge, huge old order cuz we were basically out of everything and we wanted to be ready for expos, but we also wanted to be ready for Black Friday and Christmas shopping. So, I'm thinking we can have things back in the store in 3 weeks? 2 okay. to 3 weeks? Okay. Is what I'm what my fingers are crossed for. Okay. Cuz I would love For people, once they start seeing everybody wearing the new stuff from Expo, they're going to want in on that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So. Good deal.
1: Mm -hmm. We're working on it. Okay. Here's a good question from Brian Upchurch. I'm going to consolidate it, Brian. Okay. Um, What other forms of communications are you using while in a rental rig or just in your rig when cell phone reception is not the best?
0: So you've heard two is one, one is none. So you need two forms of communication, especially if you're going someplace like Alaska. We uh, we actually had our Garmin Mini fail, die, dead, totally gone, while we were in Alaska. But I had just bought a satellite phone um, because we... I don't know why I haven't bought one sooner, honestly. We're out there so often. Mm-hmm. Um, so made that investment, and so we were fortunate enough to have... the the ability to make satellite phone calls. So two forms can come in a couple different ways. You can, you can do a satellite communication device. Obviously those are expensive. That's an investment It's you know, three or 400 bucks. And maybe you can't afford to buy two of those. So have a plan and have someone back home, wherever that may be, waiting on that phone call at the end of the day or that check-in every two or three days so that they know that you're still safe. So at a minimum, one emergency communication device and someone who knows your travel plans. That's,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, PV Liang wants to know, can we see Kevin Cook one day? No, because then that means I'd have to do the camera. I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Thank you for putting it that way. (laughs) Yeah. I remember the early days where I would like film you setting up the tent, film you cooking, and film you driving. And everybody's like, is he ever going to do anything? <laughs> like, that's when you know you're a good storyteller when they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> and I should clarify that she just hates running the camera.
1: I hate running the camera. Yeah. You're not
0: a big fan of it.
1: No, not really. I mean, I'm not bad at it, though but it's not my fave. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, um, there's a few other questions, but honestly, we've really gotten to all of them. Everyone just has things worded differently. Okay. So
0: awesome. All right, guys. Well, we've been at this for almost two hours now, but it's Mm -hmm. been awesome to hang out with you again. Um, fingers crossed. We can, we can do another podcast like this before long. And, uh, out with you guys but before we go I just want to thank our sponsors and that is our patrons we're so fortunate to be supported by viewers like you guys I, I can't tell you like how refreshing it is especially from you know behind the scenes not having to chase paid sponsorships not having to you know do the dance and say the things and make the post being able to just be ourselves Mm-hmm. and travel at will, and share our opinions, and share our stories, and share our pers- um, perspectives with you guys, it truly is a remarkable, organic way for us to continue doing what we're doing. So thank you so much to our patrons for what you guys do. We literally would not be here without you. So mm-hmm. we 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 really appreciate um, you guys.
1: Yeah. I was working on patron gifts today awesome. and it was a massive list, two massive lists. Yeah. And at first I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. And I was like, you know what? I've got the time. I'll do it.
0: They are a priority. Yeah. I mean, we answer every single message, every single comment. Um,
1: well, and especially after mountain West, like getting to actually meet some of you, like I found myself on Friday afternoon, like almost getting like choked up when yeah. people are like, no, really, thank you. And I'm like, no, really, <laughs> thank you. Like if you weren't supporting yeah. us, like yeah. we couldn't do it to this level. Right. For sure. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's really just amazing. It, it's what you guys so let crazy. us do.
0: So crazy. And the list keeps growing. And with every new patron, we're just looking further and further down the horizon, coming up with new ideas and, and, yeah, it's really beginning to open up a lot of opportunities for us to to do more and share more. So
1: yeah, we're getting ready to send out a three year patch to some of you guys. Yeah, three years. Yeah, happy anniversary, guys! You've hung with us. That's I know. just unreal. It's so crazy. It's so, so crazy. cool. But
0: it's a great place to be. All right, are you uh about ready for bed?
1: Yeah. The fire's dying down. Now the
0: fire is, is kind of <laughs> burned down to embers now. And
1: Getting a little chilly. And apparently this cricket is telling us it's bedtime, too. Yeah,
0: he's like, guys, what are you doing? This I swear is- he's, like, <laughs>
1: jumping closer. <laughs> he is. <laughs> uh,
0: man, I've missed this. It's fun. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll try and come up with another topic. And who knows? Maybe we'll surprise ourselves and be back in a week. But don't hold your breath. We yeah, got, don't hold your breath. We've got a lot going on right yeah. now so
1: but winter's coming so we'll be able to hunker down a little bit and maybe we can crank some out for you guys. yeah
0: that's true that's true so yeah super excited for that thank you guys so much for riding along with us we will see you on the next one
1: yeah safe travels and stay curious Crickets. crickets <laughs> It's hard. Outro music. Right. (laughs) He's like, wrap it up. This ain't no award show. (laughs) Uh, Bedtime. So apparently I should be the the question monitor person, right?
0: Yeah, that worked really good. Yeah, because, yeah, that worked out awesome.
1: Yeah, most of them were for you anyway. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it is.
2: All right, shut her down.